that you think is so important, you can just kiss all that goodbye. You still don't understand what you're dealing with, do you? Perfect organism. Hello, everybody. Welcome to our, what is it, our 19th episode? Perfect yeah. Organism, the Alien Saga podcast. We've been away for a little while. Thanks for your patience. We've both been busy. Um, I'm your host, Jamie, and this is... This is Pete. And we have a lot to discuss tonight, or today, or whatever time of day you're listening to this. Um, so much is going on, and it's exciting. It's really, really exciting. Very um, exciting. Yeah, so uh, Pete and I were discussing, of course, there, you know, there's so much news, but we feel like the, kind of the way to kind of get into it all is to, to start with discussing um, the whole status of Bloomkamp's Alien, which really gutted me when I first read it. Um that was re- what was really exciting to me about what was kind of that. Like, I wasn't really that excited about a Prometheus sequel. I was like, okay, I'll go see it with very low expectations. Um, but really, I was on board with, let's get back to Ripley. Let's get back to the roots of what this Alien series is about. Um, but then I woke up in the morning, and I think you posted it to our page. I can't remember. Um, and I was like, no, I was so mad. What, what about you? How did you react to it? Uh, I think it's just Riddles being a control freak. Yeah. Um, he's getting old and crotchety, it sounds like. But there's no there's no glancing over the fact that this man is a creative genius. And I think if... Can yes. Yeah, yes, definitely can. Uh, if, if he goes into Alien Covenant, which is now the new title of Prometheus 2 formerly known as Alien Paradise Lost. Uh, well, I'm sure we'll get into that later. But if he goes into that with the mindset that he had with The Martian, I think that we're in for a real good treat. Yeah, I, I think so too. Um, if the story, story is solid, um, for sure. But I, I, getting back to Bloomkamp's Alien, um, you know, that was the big buzz for the past six months. That's what everybody was talking about. Ripley's back. Hicks is back. Possibly Newt is back. Um, and really, in you know, there was rumors that it was on hold and Bloomkamp tweeted out saying, no, it's not true. It's not on hold. We saw a new post rifle. I mean, fandom was really on fire talking about everything. And then it just, the rug was pulled out. Under. And many people think as, and I am one of them that, um, this hold status to me is really no. We're not doing your movie. We're putting it on hold. And then now Bloomkamp is doing another sci-fi film. Um, part of me thinks maybe this is all not true, and they're kind of toying with us a little bit. Um, and maybe Bloomkamp and, and and Ridley are doing. They're kind of combining ideas to make this film, and it's going to bring. You think they're kind of they're kind of putting it back a little bit to see if they can refine their ideas? Is that what you're getting at? Uh, maybe, or that maybe. Um, Ridley's I one of Ridley's films or maybe it's even going to be Covenant like let, let's speed ahead a little bit like for no one who for people who don't know which I'm sure everybody does know by now um the synopsis for Alien Covenant um was released by officially by 20th Century Fox and essentially it details a colonial ship um on its way to uncharted territory which they believe is paradise and they find um, that there's only one sole inhabitant, which is David from Prometheus, the android. Um, no mention of Shaw, which is fine to me. We'll get into that later. Um, <laughs> um, and so my thinking was, based off that video that we posted um, when the news broke that Bloomkamp's Iliad was on hold, the video saying, what if 
Shaw and David on their way to this this planet got in some type of like not time loop but something where the 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 gravity pulls and time speeds up so by the time they arrive where they're going to they bump into the Sulaco with Ripley and Newt and Hicks <clears throat> cryo but that it's much would, uh, that would definitely be a mind fuck moment which and would and it would be awesome it would be i mean that that almost be verging into uh interstellar not necessarily. I was thinking more like King Kong versus Godzilla territory <laughs> in the sense that <laughs> Prometheus is one thing and Alien is another. And I just want to see the correlation between the two. I don't want uh, I don't want Covenant to retcon Aliens by any means. Yeah, I agree. I agree. But that's a pretty cool fan theory. <laughs> I like that one. Yeah, and I think it might a little bit be grasping... Grasping straws, just kind of hopes being dashed that there's going to be a Bloom Camp alien. I mean, maybe there will be. Um, at the same time, time is of the essence. Ripley, uh, Sigourney Weaver, is not a spring chicken. She looks good. Um, uh, I think uh, Hicks, Michael Bean just turned 60. Um, if they're going to do a movie with them and they're going to make a, a, a formal sequel to Aliens, resurrecting them, now is the time to do it. Putting this on hold, waiting till Sigourney Weaver is 70, no. No, we don't want to see a 70-year-old Ripley running around, you know. Um, I think that would be a little ridiculous. Yeah, that, that is kind of ridiculous. I mean, that's like uh, even even Star Wars, I feel like that's kind of pushing it. Um, not to go off on a red herring, but with the age of everybody in The Force Awakens, it really makes you wonder what they're going to do to the characters to future-proof it. You yeah. Know? Um, but I feel like that's kind of the direction that uh, Alien 5 is going to take. Um, just, you know, something entirely different. But, oh, God, I mean, you know, they're getting up there. I mean, not to knock their age or anything, because they look yeah. great. They look great for their age. Absolutely. And Absolutely. I know that they could do this. It's just up to the studios at this point. I mean, as you can see, like, the media has been a buzz since uh, Bloomcamp dropped in. It's like... Hey, look what I'm doing. And then everybody's going nuts about it. Just because it's like, hey, it's a new Aliens film. It's a true sequel to Aliens. And then everybody goes crazy. And then Ridley's like, oh, no, I kind of want to take control of the franchise. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's the, you know, he used like, the talk term. Talk about a power play there. Well, yeah. I mean, I understand what he's saying in some regard when he made Alien. I mean, it changed the, it changed the, the landscape for science fiction. It really upped the, the bar kind of rose. And then he did. He let it go. He let James Cameron take the wheel. And James Cameron did a great job. I think Fincher did a great job. But he, ultimately, it went down the tubes. Um, and I think James, uh, I think Scott is, like, hey, I want to keep Prometheus in this this new legacy that I'm starting. I want to keep it as mine, something that I started that I can direct. I understand that. I do, you know. Um, but there's a lot that has to kind of happen. Um, and I, I almost, I don't know how much you've read. You've probably read everything I have. But yeah, uh, it seems like Ridley talked about the script and getting the script done really well. I feel like, and I'm confident to say that, 
they really understood what happened with Prometheus and why it went off the tracks. Yeah, and if anything, Covenant is going to be a nice call and response to the feedback that he got for uh, Prometheus. Yeah. Um, first of all, like naming it something alien related, that really sets a message right there. Yeah. That means he's about this shit. He wants to get it done right. And I feel like Ridley has the capability to do it. I would agree. I mean, he's got tons on his plate right now, yeah. um, but he can do it. Um, he I, can, uh, you know. Really hoping. It just it boils down to a good script. Um, I think he can direct actors. Um, I think the problem with you know, not that we're getting into this again, but just in terms of Covenant, the Covenant suffering the problems of of Prometheus. Prometheus was mired in a lot in actors who weren't good. Um, and now Numi Rapace isn't, she's a great actress. She just, I, I think it was just a misfire. It was a miscasting of her or she misread the character. Um, now, and if, if Prometheus, or I'm sorry, um, all these titles, if <laughs> Alien Covenant can really get that cast right and he get some more, not big names, but more, um, actors that are really believable and they can really deliver believable dialogue and the dialogue is written well i think i'm all for alien covenant writing the ship now if you go to Wayland yutani bulletin which is our official uh bulletin or group that uh kind of uh what's the word kind of supports our our, our podcast we work in tandem with each other to some degree uh a lot of people are just like their steam is gone. They don't care about Alien Covenant. They were really excited about Bloomcamp's Alien. They're a little cautious, but they were excited about it. Now that that's out of the picture, the, from what I'm reading, unless you read something different, people are like, oh, whatever. We don't care what Ridley Scott's going to do. <clears throat> yeah, I'm, I'm seeing a lot of that. But I feel like a lot of the younger fans, like people in my generation and your generation even, uh, there's a lot of hope for this one. Um. I mean, it's 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 a generational thing, arguably, the Alien series. Because I mean, you mention it to most people, and they know what it is. Yeah. Um, so to see it come around full circle, in this sense, like giving us answers, and that sort of thing, that's that's pretty exciting. I mean, yeah. <clears throat> I mean, I'm sure you can think back to just. Uh, 1999 Star Wars Episode One's coming out. You know, yeah. oh man, this is the first time a new Star Wars movie's in in the theater like that. And then ultimately, the prequel trilogy ends up being a huge disappointment in many aspects. But it gave us the answers we were looking for, and it ultimately fulfilled George Lucas's vision. And I feel like uh, the new Prometheus and Alien films will definitely do that. But at the same time. I think one of the um, <clears throat> hallmarks of the Alien film series is the fact that it doesn't give you all the answers. Not in the lore, not in the films, not in the games. It makes you think, and the reality that you create from that thought just fills in the void there. Yeah. Absolutely. And the mystery, the mystery of the first alien, when they climb aboard the derelict and you see that space jockey and they're like, what the fuck is this? Um, And I I love that. I mean, and I I think about based off the synopsis of Covenant of they mention David, but they don't mention Shaw. 
don't mention Shaw and in in terms of like don't have to explain it away. Maybe hint at what maybe happened to her. Maybe we see her body somewhere. Maybe there she uh, got impregnated by an alien. Maybe we see a, a Shaw a Shaw suit with a burst her chest burst out. Um, like that would be mysterious. Kind of like an explain alien everything. Moment. Yeah, I mean, don't explain everything. And I, 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 I'm really. And I don't know about well, I, as much as we talked about everything. I don't know what your opinion is of Shaw, but for me, I just again, I don't felt like I feel like she was miscast, maybe not miscast, but just misread, and so she was played as this kind of goody two shoes. Um, there were some moments in there that I enjoyed, like her Numi Rapace's performance in the Med Pod was fantastic. Oh my god, yeah, that's um, like the best scene in the film. Yeah, when she's running down the hallway and she's, you know, that's great. But most of the rest of the time, she's just Miss Goody Two Shoes and. Her her dialogue was off. Her delivery was off. Instead of just making her and incorporating her her accent because she's from Sweden, I guess um, they tried to make her British. Like it just stretched it too far, as opposed to just kind of going natural with it. Right. Um, as Shaw was interesting, Shaw was. I'm not even saying like Ripley, but if she was memorable like Ripley, um, I would be like, no, I want to see her. I'm attached to her, but I'm not attached to her. I don't care. I share a lot of the same sentiments. I mean, you can definitely definitely hear the echo of Ripley within Shaw but it goes an entirely different direction I and I think that was probably intentional because I'm sure Ridley didn't want to draw too many uh, parallels to Ripley uh-huh so it may be intentional that she is a lot different than Ripley but at the same time you can tell they really did try to have some parallels which doesn't make much sense to me. I mean, you know, you look at the outfit, you look at her hair, yeah. some of the things she says, you can tell they were like, oh, well, she should be like Ripley. Yeah. Even just wearing the same jumpsuit. In but one, in but scene. definitely not Ripley. Let's make her like Ripley, but not. But. Yeah. Um, and really, I don't think, I think having a successful film, you don't even need a good female lead. I mean, certainly Alien... I mean, we think about Alien, the Alien series. I don't think, oh, what a great female lead. No, I think, what a great character. Um, right. And that's what's important, and they didn't, they missed the mark with Prometheus. But moving ahead, because we've covered that so much, um, colonial, a colonial ship uh, with, in Covenant. I mean, there's a lot of potential there. It's, it sounds like, I mean, everybody's always talking about the colonial marines, colonial marine, marines. So, like... What is the ship? They're going to colonize a, a, a planet. Who's in the ship? Are there Marines? Is there government? There has to be. Um, is this Hadley's Hope? Like, what is this? Are they going to LV-426? Somebody shot down that idea before, but I think it's very possible. Um, although, then it would, so it would be 20 years. It would be, if they were going to LV-426, no, 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 that wouldn't make any sense because they knew they had to terraform LV-426, so they wouldn't, they wouldn't think, oh, it's a paradise. So it's a completely different system. Well, it's it's in the same Zeta Two Reticuli star system, from what yeah. I understand. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the Fire and Stone comics have deduced that uh, it's not, or some some shit like that. I don't know. Uh, I I just figure that for the sake of the canon, that uh, Prometheus does take place in the same star system. And that's yeah. why there are a lot of echoes of Alien in Prometheus, especially in the space portions. Yes. Um, but 
were were you theorizing that when David and Shaw leave LV-223 that they're going to LV-426? Possibly, or that, you know, in the synopsis for Covenant, it says, you know, Covenant's the name of the ship. That's uh, a, a colon. Let, let me find the. Let me find the. I uh, have it right up here. Do you? What's that? What does it say? Um, uh, it describes the ship a little bit, or not really the ship, but what kind of ship it is. Uh, oh, actually, I don't have it. I just have the Instagram. Here, link. I'm right here. Okay. Um, Ridley Scott returns to the universe he created in Alien with Alien Covenant, the second chapter in a prequel trilogy. Um, strange to not strange, but interesting. They're calling it a full-on prequel trilogy, as opposed to before when. Damon Lindelof was like, oh, what is it? We don't know. I don't know. Like, shut up. Like, it's the prequel. Come on. Um, so Fox comes out and says the second chapter in her prequel trilogy that began with Prometheus and connects directly to Scott's 1979 seminal work of science fiction. Bound for a remote planet on the far <laughs> side of the galaxy, the crew of the colony ship Covenant discovers what they think is an uncharted paradise, but it's actually a dark, dangerous world whose sole inhab- inhabitant is the synthetic David. Um, I'm getting a lot of uh, LV-426 vibes from that. I am, or just, hey, fans really like the colony shit, Um, Colonial Marines, let's let's do that. You know, let's go there. Um, I I just have the suspicion that Bloomkamp is involved in this somehow. I don't know. Uh, I I feel like something bigger is happening with this. Um, But Fox has to know the collective sigh that happened and the collective, like, oh man, that happened with the fan with fans when they was kind of announced that hey, uh, Bloomkins aliens alien is on hold, um, and of course a lot of people are blaming Ridley Scott, like fuck you, Ridley Scott, you know, why don't you let somebody else do it, you know? Um, yeah, I mean, they they have to be aware of the outcry for sure. Yeah, I mean. They're like a multi-billion-dollar film studio. There's no way that they're not going to pay attention to uh, demographics and that sort of thing. They'd be Which is why, yeah. Why I think I feel like the reason why they um, released this kind of first image of Covenant, you know, this the t- the title image, and then the the synopsis is kind of like try to kind of get people excited, like, hey. Uh, a colony ship going to a planet, like trying to get people, they understand what, what's happened and that people are kind of um, upset by the whole thing. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, I have my fingers crossed because I know that we're, we're in for something at least halfway decent, but um, as far as the execution of it, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's going to be hit or miss. Um, in my opinion. Yeah. But I think a lot of that stems from the fact that Ridley just has a lot on his plate right now. And understandably so. I mean, he's, he's getting old for sure. So I think he wants to get as much done as he can now. Yeah. And that makes total sense. I mean, he's got, you know, uh, you published the, um, the confirmation of what's his name? Um, Oh, come on. I'm, I always lose names whenever we record. Ryan Gosling confirmed oh, yeah. his role in Blade Runner. Yeah. Um, and then we have uh, Ridley Scott um, talking about the opening kind of scene from this Blade Runner sequel or yeah. follow-up, yeah. as I like to call it. So he does. He has a lot on his plate. He's about to, you know, in February, and which is right around the corner, he's about to start, to start shooting Covenant, which actually is exciting because we're going to see some images. Um, yeah. Probably within the first 
few months. We're going to see imagery. We're probably going to see a trailer um, for the film sometime next year. You know? Yep. I mean, because it's it's the official release date is October sixth, twenty seventeen. Yep. So that's essentially right around the corner. It is. It is. Um, so less than two years out, um, which is a lot. It's a quick turnaround time, to be honest with you. Um, and if you think about it too, this way, like, uh, uh, because you know, just talking about like the you know a lot of the members in Waylon Yutani just kind of not really vibing on what Ridley Scott's doing. They kind of lost steam in terms of Prometheus. I actually think Alien Covenant is going to be a fantastic film. I think that um, despite some hubris on the part of Ridley Scott, I think that he's taken some of the criticism to heart. I think Fox has too. They've hired a really good screenwriter to kind of uh, make sure that it's a good script. Of course, could it could it not be a good film? Absolutely, but I don't believe that. I think it's going to be great. I, I am actually excited, especially after I read that synopsis. There's a lot there, you know? Yeah, it's it's not just necessarily rehashing something that's already been done. It's uh, it's It's really going to be that back door to the original films that we've been looking for. Yeah. Which is good because that's what Prometheus was billed as for many people and they yeah. didn't get that. Yeah. Oh, I don't like Prometheus. It's not the prequel <laughs> I wanted. Yeah. Well, Crimea river. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I mean, to be honest with you, I think it's one of those things where much like the star Wars prequels, you, you hear about something, you start seeing clips and trailers and, um, you go in and you, you wanted to love it. You're wanting to love what you're about to see and you don't, and you get angry. Because you want to love it so bad, but you don't. And you look at certain things and you're like, why did they do that? This is so stupid. I want to love this movie, but I can't. And right. I think that that's what kind of turns into anger and then like kind of compulsive anger against something. Now, as we've discussed, I, I have major issues with Prometheus. But at the same time, I also love the movie. Um, yeah, and I can same, watch it again and here. again. Same here. Um, because Ridley Scott does enough right in the movie that – it's really interesting to watch. I mean, I remember when I first saw it um, days afterwards uh, and the person that I saw it with, he's like, man, I can't stop thinking about that movie. I can't stop thinking about it. And I was like, wow. And I couldn't either. I could not stop thinking about it. And I thought, you know what? This is, this is um, the evidence of a successful film, whether you love it or hate it. You can't stop thinking about it. Something, he tapped into something there. Oh yeah. Um, Moving forward a little bit, uh, there was an article that we shared, which was a little spoilerific, but it was information on the new monsters in Prometheus 2 slash Alien Paradise Lost slash Covenant. Uh, That leaked, and that was from sci-fi.com, and it claims that the images on the website shared... Uh, were leaks from the studio. And the first one looks like the Deacon. And then there's a couple pictures of the Ultramorph. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Where that, is this? Uh, that, I think I saw this. You shared it. <laughs> I shared it? Yes. Well, I saw. I remember reading about that, but not seeing any images. Okay, it's a, it's a picture of the Deacon, and then there's a couple pictures of the Ultramorph. Oh, that, oh, oh, okay, yes, yes. That your friend Carlos drew for Prometheus. <laughs> I wish he was my friend. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. What do you think about that? 
<clears throat> I am hoping that the Ultramorph makes an appearance. Yeah. Um, which would imply that the space jockeys and not the engineers have a larger role in the series than Ridley would like to admit. Yeah. And I hope that they show less of the Deacon. Or just a different version of the Deacon. That's my thing. I, I would rather... Um... I would rather um, bring the Deacon back, but if it's going to come back, obviously it's not going to be the same one right. um, uh, that we saw from Prometheus. It's going to be something different. Yeah, uh, that one, it was like a catfish with a second mouth. Or or an alien in a, in a blue leotard. I mean, it was ridiculous. <laughs> um, it was ridiculous. Um, I, I was just appalled. Actually, um, when I did that interview with Carlos Huante, he... In his interview, he said that he was almost he was disappointed with what they went with. Um, well, because you, like, you could tell they really wanted to use the Ultramorph. Yeah, yeah, that's what. It and they just been. scaled it back, which was really interesting. And I think all of that was Ridley Scott saying, "Man, I've done this before. I don't want to do that again." And I get yeah. that; I really do. But unfortunately, they chose designs that didn't even. I mean, in terms of the Deacon, I think everything else in Prometheus. Um, the big squiddy thing and then the little white white snake. I always forget the names of those things. The big one was the trilobite, the small trilobite. one. Uh, let's find out. Trilobite and... Um, let's find out. That is the hammerpede. The hammerpede. I thought those were brilliant designs. Oh, yeah. The hammerpede I thought was gorgeous. It was scary. It was creepy. That whole scene with the hammerpede um, essentially... Doing a, a bit of an impregnation, even though it didn't impregnate um, what's his name with anything. That whole sequence was brilliant, and I think uh, in some ways he topped the uh, scene from Alien, um, where uh, Kane is impregnated. Um, it was great. I thought that was great design. They just, I thought the engineers are iconic designs. There will be iconic designs in film forever. Um, just with the Deacon, they just, it was like, what did you guys do? What, did, what, what is this thing? It, it looks ridiculous, you know. Um, and the fact that it seemed to be full grown inside the 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 engineer and it came out. It's like, how did this thing even fit in that body? Didn't make much sense. Yeah, the Deacon didn't impress me. I thought that was kind of a cop out. Like, yeah, here's the last 30 seconds of the movie. Now we want to give you a reason to think that you should have watched this. But in reality, we're just going to make you scratch your head more. When we should have gone with the other creature design. Yeah. Yeah, because if you look at the Ultramorph, that is so H.R. Giger. That is so Necronomicon Absolutely. right there. Absolutely. And it just makes so much more sense for the creature to be that. Yeah. Um, it will be interesting. I mean, if this is – if the Covenant or if Covenant, the ship, is has a colony of people and they're going to go colonize a planet – which I think is a great setup. It is different. It's new. It's not just, oh, we're in a ship and alien gets out. And, you know, they're, no, they're going to a planet to colonize it. This is going to be really unprecedented. It's some, it feels fresh. It sounds fresh. I like that idea. Um, and then probably they, they find David. Um, I think, I bet, I bet money that David will probably be like um, a very old model. Um, I think it'll be years and years later. That's what I think. Um, and maybe they do find Shaw, but she's old. Who knows? Um, but I think that there's just a lot of great potential. But in terms of the creatures, um, they need to knock it out of the park. And and Cameron talked about uh, kind of um, 
developing something new that's more aligned to what the original concept was with Geiger. So it should be interesting. Yeah. Um, as we've discussed before, I mean, the alien needs to be scary again. And yeah, if this is going to be the final step in that evolution that leads up to what we have in Alien, then all the more reason to knock it out of the park. I mean, that's got to be like a Guinness World Record home run, knock it out of the park right there. Yeah, it does. Uh, they have to really get this right. And I'm, I'm sure Fox, you know, a, and someone made a comment that this is Star Wars for Fox. Fox has lost Star Wars. Disney is now the sole proprietor and owner and distributor of Star Wars. Fox doesn't have a, a, a juggernaut anymore. This is Fox looking for their own juggernaut. Um, now, it won't be do the business the kind of business that Star Wars has done. No one, no movie will or no franchise will. But I understand uh, what Fox is doing. Uh, they're investing in this, in this franchise that everybody wants to love but has, have had, has had difficult, difficulty loving. Um, and then there's the other part that we haven't discussed, which was that tweet by Carrie Hinn. Yes, I was actually just going to bring that up. So for those not in the know, uh, Carrie Hinn, uh, kind of under the radar, tweeted with the hashtags Alien and Newt Lives that she couldn't reveal what exactly was going on and why Alien fans should be excited but in the near future that they would have something to be very excited about. Now that sort of cryptic message after alien identity got cease and desisted by Fox and alien five also for lack of better terms, getting nixed by Fox makes you wonder what's going on. Yeah. Now, what do you think it is? Do you think it's a game? Do you think it's a, a fan film? Do you think it's what? You think they're fucking with us? Is that what is that what you're asking? No, no, no. Like, do you? What do you think she's talking about? Like, do you think it's a, a movie she's talking about? An official movie? Is it an official game starring Newt? What do you think it's about? Um, well, given how uh, given how Alien Isolation panned out with such a positive response, yeah, um, there is definitely potential for another game. Yeah, uh, I think it's unlikely. Uh, Creative Assembly will definitely not be doing it. They'll, you don't think so? No. they. Uh, Sega wasn't too impressed by the sales numbers, uh, the copies that Isolation shipped out. So oh. uh, Creative Assembly said they, they're probably not doing another one. Wow. Okay. Um, my my money is on a movie. My money is on them convincing Carrie Henn to come back to Aliens. Um, and that actually Bloomcamp's movie is being made. That's what I think. Um, well, you, you definitely know that she's got the acting bug back because she's on for Triborn, yeah, which looks pretty cool. Yeah, it looks interesting. I, I talked to Adam Sonnet, who's the director of Triborn, um, who was also obviously directing Alien Identity before it got nixed. Um, and he said that um, he doesn't know what Carrie's talking about. Um, but, well, he said that he couldn't talk about it. He, he talked about it with her in confidence that he couldn't say anything. Um so something's happening, and I hope to God that Carrie has signed on to a movie, and it's an official movie, and she gets back, you know, and she gets in fighting shape, and she is up for another Aliens film. I mean, how awesome would that be to see Hicks, Newt, and Ripley, a grown-up Newt, in an Aliens film? Oh, my God, like, orgasming right now. <laughs> oh, seriously. I think what would be incredibly awesome is a film adaption of Aliens book one, 
which is a Dark Horse comic book. That was the first one they ever did. Um, basically, 10 years after Aliens, um, Hicks is like in and out of prison for being insubordinate. And Newt is locked up in a mental facility. And huh. so aliens take over the Earth, essentially. Okay. Or something like that. And they, uh, Hicks and Newt, they go to the alien homeworld to fuck shit up, basically. Huh. Where's Ripley? Uh, she doesn't make an appearance until book two, I believe, at the very end. And it's like more or less a cameo appearance. If it's even her, you know, take it, take it uh, as you will with... Uh, how retcon the alien series is but mm-hmm. oh man they were great comics uh you know 10 like older newt older hicks they they could do it they could totally do it i mean really they're sitting on a gold mine right now i mean carrie hen is 39 very young um she could pass for 30 Totally, uh, totally. She has a very youthful face. I mean, she's. I mean, again, thirty nine is very young because I'm thirty nine. So, <laughs> uh, but it's a gold mine. Uh, Ripley's and uh, Sigourney Weaver's in fighting shape, and so is Michael Bean. This is the time to. I mean, if they want to make a film that does two hundred and fifty million dollars stateside, then you make that film. You make that fucking film. You get Carrie Henn back. You get Ripley back. You get Blomkamp and the peop- the most important people, and you make that fucking film. Um, and people will come out in droves. And you just don't throw it together. You make it good. Um, you make it memorable. You make it, you know, you make re- memorable characters. Maybe even getting James Cameron involved somehow is on a on a uh, on a advisory uh, and an advisory capacity because I feel like Cameron owns um, Alien, the Alien lore as much as Scott does. You know. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, so if anybody from Fox is listening, make that fucking film. <laughs> yeah, seriously, uh, <laughs> I, I haven't in my life met anybody who likes Alien more than myself and Jamie. So yeah. if anything, I mean, we're speaking for ourselves here, but definitely for the fans. I mean, you got to make this. You got to yeah, make it happen. I, yeah, we're more than speaking for ourselves. I mean, of all the groups that I'm in, the alien groups, Whale and Utani, of, of course, is the biggest group out there in terms of uh, fan groups. Everyone wants Bloom Kemp's Alien, or they want to see Ripley, Newton, Hicks back in action. Everyone wants that. Why would you not do it? And, and I, I don't, maybe uh, Ridley Scott signed a deal saying he has exclus- exclusivity rights. I don't know. Maybe they don't want to like. And it makes sense in some ways that Fox says, let's wait and see how this Prometheus sequel goes before we commit to another Alien film. I totally get that. Um, they just need to start production in the next year. That's what I'm saying. They need, so, to, they need to do it. <laughs> they do. It, it's got to happen. It really does. I mean, this is the time. I mean, look, I mean, if they can bring back Carrie Fisher, Mark Hamill, and Harrison Ford, who's 72, um, they can bring back you know, Sigourney Weaver, who's way younger than that, and Michael Bean and, and Newt. Um, yeah. I, I think I, I think that's one of the things that I that's kind of stoked my ire in terms of uh, 20th Century Foxes. I feel like so many times they've kind of pulled the plug on things or they've made these decisions. They've, like, they've really stiffed us in terms yeah. of uh, 
what the fans and the directors want as opposed to what the studio wants. Yeah. I mean, because for all intents and purposes, Alien 3 could have been a lot different and it could have been a lot better, not to knock yeah. it because I love it. Alien yeah. Resurrection could have been a whole lot better. Oh, Resurrection could have been a whole lot better. It could have been yeah. great. Yeah. Could have gone an entirely different direction, but no. Studios. Well, when you have studios making films as opposed to auteurs making films, it's a completely different thing. Where studios are like, oh, hey, let's get this guy. He makes good looking images. Oh, let's hire this guy over here because blah, 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 blah. And so they're throwing all these things together like it's a salad. It's, just a, it's just a bureaucracy, really. Yeah. I mean, it's like all and, this politics. Totally. And Bloomkamp, and we've discussed this before, he did a lot what a lot of what James Cameron did. He was like, hey, I love this series. I have a great idea for this series. I'm invested in this series. Let me make a film. He started releasing photos. People were like, what? Um, yeah, mind blown. And then he's like, oh yeah, we're about to start pre-production. You know, crazy, crazy exciting. And then X, for all intents and purposes. I get the feeling that this isn't the last we're going to see of it. Yeah. We're definitely going to see it in some form or another in the next five years. I hope so. I really, really do. I really, really do. I mean, look at look at franchises like Star Wars or Star Trek. I mean, they're going to outlive both of us. They're going to yeah. outlive our grandchildren and their yeah. grandchildren. Star Wars is going to be... It's going to easily be around for 100 years. And then... Oh, yeah. Look at... You, you can go to the store today and you can buy Star Wars anything. Yeah. True. You can buy Star Wars underwear. You can buy Star Wars coffee creamer. Like, if that doesn't give you an idea of how marketable it is, like, it's insane. I think Alien needs to be that. Not necessarily, okay, I want face hugger underwear and <laughs> this and that. That'd be called junk hugger. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. I don't need that. But I'm saying, like, you know, make the shit for the fans. Go out there, print more books, you know, make the games. People want them, you know? Yeah. I mean, we we just got Star Wars Battlefront, which is amazing. Waited ten years for that, and it was awesome. Yeah, I'm loving it so far. Yeah, you know we need we need more good Alien games like Isolation. We need more good Alien books, like all of them. Yeah. I mean, I've I've enjoyed all of them. Some people disagree, but uh, we, we need we need quality merchandise. We need more than just the quadrilogy, we need more than just Prometheus, we need more than just Predator, that kind of stuff. Yeah. And the key here, in my opinion, you make a fun, fantastic film, you make a film that's just really, really good and really well made and well acted and well directed um, and well written, number one, um, you're going to, pe people are going to want, start wanting more stuff. They're going to be like, oh my God, they're going to be, well, they're going to want, um, the that that kind of that 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 universe that extended universe they're going to want it to live you know i mean if the, if if covenant knocks it out of the park um and i hope it does um then people are going to be begging for this stuff and i think that's probably what fox is doing they're saying you know if because you know uh prometheus made 426 million dollars worldwide including domestic and that's mm -hmm. a pretty good haul half a billion dollars that's great um now, so it probably ended up making Fox probably a couple hundred million, which is still a great profit. Um, and I, I think uh, in order, I think 
the sequel is going to have to do more. Usually that's what needs to happen. The sequel needs to make more money than the first film. Um, and uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's a tricky thing. You know, it's very, very tricky. And I think, I really think Ridley Scott knows it. Yep. Uh, I mean, I have lots of confidence in the guy. His track record is pretty awesome. But uh, he, he really has to do this right. At this point in time, I'm willing to, to go down on the books and say that the next Alien Anything is going to be make or break. Yeah. It, it's that serious at this point. I mean, he polarized fans and critics with Prometheus. I mean, you love to hate it, you hate to love it, that kind of thing. Yeah. It's great, but it's flawed. And then some uh, aspiring directors get axed when they want to make new additions to the Alien films series. Yeah. And it's just like, come on, man. Uh, Feels like a slap in the face to the fans in some ways. Yeah. I mean, the demand's there. Listen to the consumers. Listen to your directors. Just <laughs> make the damn film. Uh, which is... Which is a great segue into all this talk about Blade Runner 2. Yeah, let's discuss that. that that's a nice way to end this. Um, so, for those not in the know, Ryan Gosling was long rumored to be attached to the Blade Runner 2 project, which at this point is probably just a thought in somebody's head and a couple names and signatures on papers in an office in L.A. But, uh... Ryan Gosling is officially on board for Blade Runner 2, directed by Denny Villanueva, with cinematography by Roger Deakins. Yep. And a screenplay by Hampton Fancher, and starring also Harrison Ford, who said the script is one of the best he's ever read in his entire career. So, what do you think? Oh, man. Uh, spontaneous jizz. Um, it's, it's awesome. I, I, I can't, I mean, I'm probably, uh, the film is scheduled to shoot this summer. So I'm thinking, um, 2017, uh, it'll bow, um, the same year as Covenant opens. Um, I, I, you know, in the description, I read the description, the opening description of, um, yeah. Do you want me to uh, read that? Oh, sure. Yeah. So, but yeah, we'll talk about that once you read it. Okay. Uh, so Ridley Scott was at the AFI Film Festival recently, and this is from consequenceofsound.net, one of the articles we I shared. And uh, this is the same discussion that broke news about Alien Covenant. He offered his fairly long-winded account of where Deckard has been living following the events of the original film. So in Ridley Scott's words, we decided to start the film off with the original starting block of the original film. We always loved the idea of a dystopian universe, and we start off at what I'd describe as a factory farm, what would be flat land with farming, Wyoming, flat, not rolling, you can see for 20 miles. No fences, just plowed, dried dirt. Turn around and you see a massive tree just dead, but the tree is being supported and kept alive by wires that are holding the tree up. It's a bit like grapes of wrath, there's dust, and the tree is still standing. By that tree is a traditional grapes of wrath type white cottage with a porch. Behind it, at a distance of two miles, is the twilight, is this massive combine harvester that's fertilizing the ground. You've got 15 Klieg lights on the front, and this combine is four times the size of this cottage. And now a spinner comes flying in, creating dust. Of course, 
Traditionally chased by a dog that barks, the door's open, a guy gets out, and there you've got Rick Deckard. He walks in the cottage, opens the door, sits down, smells stew, sits down, I guess they said that twice, and waits for the guy to pull up to the house to arrive. The guy's seen him, so the guy pulls the combine behind the cottage, and it towers three stories above it. And the man climbs down from a ladder, a big man. He steps onto the balcony, and he goes to Harrison's side. The cottage actually creaks. This guy's got to be 350 pounds. I'm not going to say anything else. You'll just have to go see it. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, man, that that's, that's awesome. And I, I truly, truly believe that it's going to be an amazing film. I just, my, that's what my gut tells me. Um, I, I feel that way about this this Blade Runner follow-up more than I do about uh, Alien Covenant. Um, Alien Covenant, I'm hopeful for. Um, whatever they're going to call this Blade Runner movie, um, it's going to be amazing, I think. Um, as they Hopefully, I just, uh, my only hope for the, for the Blade Runner follow-up is that they uh, really strike that balance between CGI and practical effects. Um, the brilliance of the first Blade Runner is the practical effects. Oh, yeah, um, that looks like uh, something that just got made recently. The final yeah. cut, you watch that? Oh, man. There's no yeah. telling me that doesn't look great. Yeah, it's a thing of beauty, absolutely. Um, but, uh, so, and the director, Dennis Villanueva, he, um, I, he, I've seen his films. Um, I just, Sicario, I saw, blew my mind, blew my mind. The atmosphere is dark. It's rich. It's I really wanted scary. to see that. I'm glad. Got to uh, see it. You got to see it. It might be available for rental right now. I'm not sure. And then he he directed Prisoners, starring Jake Gyllenhaal and um, Hugh Jackman, and that was again dark, disturbing, atmospheric. Oh my God! There's this one point in one part in Prisoners that's just terrifying, um, and I'm not going to give it away, but you got to see it. Um, his just visual. They're subtle, but they're just I, it's like his, his, the scene in Prisoners is like the discovery of the space jockey. Even though it's a movie that's modern and it's about something that, uh, kind of something normal that happens, there's, there's a discovery in the movie that is as awe-inspiring and terrifying as uh, discovering the space jockey. And you got to see it. Yeah. Uh, what are your hopes for? What are, uh, what are my hopes for Blade Runner 2? Um, going along with, with, uh, some of your previous opinions in other podcasts about it, it really has to tell a new story while staying true to the original. And it definitely has to be self-contained just as Blade yes. Runner, the original was, because for all intents and purposes, Blade Runner doesn't need a sequel. No, it doesn't. It's open-ended. It answers a lot of questions and leaves some open. Um, great film, one of the best ever made, hands down. And bringing a new face like Ryan Gosling on board is probably the best decision for that. Uh, he is, without a doubt, one of my favorite actors. He's incredibly versatile. I mean, you can watch 10 minutes of The Notebook and see what this guy's capable of. And then you can go and watch great, great dark films like Drive or Only God Forgives, who are by the same director, uh-huh. Nicholas Winding Rafen, I think. Yeah. Uh, whatever. <laughs> Sue me. Um, great films. He just, he oozes Blade Runner. Like, it's yeah. it's insane. He's now, got that stoicism that 
uh, that uh, Harrison Ford had, to be honest with you, that kind of quiet stoicism. Uh, um, Gosling is not, you don't see him out being photographed all the time. He does his work. He's good at it. Uh, he directed that movie, um, Lost River. Did you see that? I'm sorry? Did you see uh, Lost River, the movie he directed and released last year? I did not. You've got to see it. It's. I think it's a, a, quite an amazing film. They got panned by some critics, and I, I was thinking, why did he get, I mean, just visually arresting, compelling, not a lot of dialogue, very simple story. It's an amazing film. But back to Gosling's acting, I just think he, I, I look at Gosling and I think Blade Runner, like he looks like a Blade Runner, um, a, like a cop during that time. I think he, I think it's just really easy choice to, to, to cast him. And I think he's going to do amazing. He definitely is. He's something. I mean, he's really handsome. He knows how to act very well. And he 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 really, he really knows his stuff, and with with a film like Blade Runner, I mean that's that's a really dark film, and they could go even darker with this one. I mean, yeah. I'm talking like, you know, maybe instead of the Void Kampf, like a torture scene or something. Yeah. But he just he oozes that Blade Runner vibe. Yeah, he does. Uh, another thing that I that would be interesting in terms of Blade Runner, um, where's Rachel? Um, I, 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 unfortunately, I don't think Rachel's going to be a part of this film. I think, um, the, uh, what's her name? Sean Young's antics have probably done her in a little bit. Um, but at the same time, what makes Blade Runner is Rachel, you know, she's this femme fatale in some ways. And I I have this idea of Rachel kind of her incept date coming due and she kind of dies in a chair, but, um, Harrison Ford leaves her there. And so. 20, 30 years have gone by and she's still sitting in that chair in the same costume, you know? I think that would be a really disturbing yet mysterious visual. Oh, definitely. Um, And it'd be a nice way to set the franchise off in a different direction because this one is... I get the feeling it's not going to be Harrison Ford's story. It's going to be more of Ryan Gosling's story. Yeah, yeah. It's not going to be so much about Deckard. Maybe... Maybe Ryan Gosling is a Blade Runner, and he hears stories about Rick Deckard. Like, maybe he's this new hotshot guy that just transferred into LAPD as a Blade Runner. And he hears stories like, oh, you don't want to talk to crazy old man Deckard. He doesn't know what the hell he's talking about. And then so he goes to talk to him, and he gets dragged into a bigger picture. Kind of like with Drive, like... uh, the driver is just such a self-contained character. He he just does his thing and that's it. And as soon as he steps out from that routine, that's that's when shit hits the fan for him and he gets dragged into the bigger picture. So I think maybe something like that for Blade Runner 2 would be interesting. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure there will be some type of female lead. Um, again, I, I, I sure hope so. <laughs> Rachel was really her her character in Blade Runner... Really, I don't. I hate to use. It's not stereotypical, but women are tend tend to be a little bit softer, a little bit more um, emotional. And Rachel was that, but she need. Rachel was needed in Blade Runner to kind of soften the blow for us because it was such a harsh um, environment. Um, so I really hope. Uh, I, I don't know uh, the way where they could go with the sequel. Who knows? That's one of the great things about a Blade Runner follow up is uh, we don't know what they're going to do. With Alien, 
you can kind of presuppose maybe this could happen if they bring Ripley back, blah, 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 because it kind of a little bit revolves around an alien. So we kind of know the alien's going to make an appearance at some point. But with Blade Runner, I mean, the sky's the limit. I mean, they could it could go off in so many directions. There's so many stories that could be told. I mean, they could make a, a film set in the world of, of Blade Runner about a, another replicant, you know? Definitely. There's so many different directions yeah. Blade Runner 2 could go, and I'm so excited. And kind of piggybacking on what we were saying earlier, there is so much potential for Blade Runner merchandise. Yeah. Like, yeah. a lot of the things that the original missed out on. Like, recently, I let go one of my copies of the illustrated screenplay, and I got a, got a big chunk of change for that. I got about $200 for that. Wow, wow, wow. Just because there's, like, almost nothing out there for the original film like you got the die cast spinners you got the sketchbook you got the illustrated screenplay uh the, the souvenir magazine and like that's it yeah they really can capitalize on something like blade runner 2 like ryan gosling action figures you know yeah. blade runner video game uh the one that came out in 1997 was pretty awesome i still play that um, but there's just so much room, like Alien and Blade Runner, like Clash of the Titans. This is awesome. There's great stuff coming out, but they need to capitalize on that. Yeah, they do. And I, I you know, I'm sure that these movie companies, uh, I think Halican, how do you, I don't know, I can't, I'm pronouncing the name wrong. Um, the people who are producing this Blade Runner film, I'm sure they're very much aware that, um, you know, there's a lot that they can capitalize on. At the same time, the film has to do well. And I think if the film does well and it makes money, um, because what's going to happen is they're going to make this Blade Runner follow-up and they're going to start releasing trailers and people are going to be like, oh, yeah, yeah, that movie. I don't think it's going to be this, like, opening day, you know, ticket sales. It's going to be crazy. Um, I think it's going to be a very slow-moving film um, in terms of word of mouth uh, and building up. But, you know, you get Harrison Ford there, um, you know, who knows? Who knows? I mean, essentially Han Solo. Um, it's interesting how everything kind of circles around. <laughs> Definitely. Harrison Ford's doing another Star Wars and he's doing another Blade Runner. You know, it's just very interesting. Everything's cyclical. Well, I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that people are just so deeply rooted in the culture and yeah. uh, everything of the late 70s, early 80s. I mean, people from my generation just, they latch on to things from before their time. I mean, there's just so much to like about the 70s and 80s for art and culture. So, I mean, it's it's interesting. I mean, it's coming full circle, like you said. Absolutely. Um, well, I think that about does it for that our long overdue um, our episode. Thank you, everybody, for waiting. Um, We've just been caught up in video games and all sorts of things. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Fallout 4 and Star Wars Battlefront have been killing me on top of working like 30 hours a week and going to school like yeah. 12 hours a day. Yep, I understand, man. Yeah. And hey, I've been busy myself. I'm just doing a whole bunch of stuff. Um, but yeah, uh, we, we'll be back pretty regularly now. Um, it just kind of takes a while, but thanks everybody for, for listening and for your patience and, uh, let us know what you think. Thank you so much, everybody. You guys are the reason we're still here. So, woo!